When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans, for Auburn fans. Where you go, Auburn family, and welcome back to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about a preview for basketball during the summer. You heard me right, Auburn fans. We get to talk about not just basketball, but Auburn somewhat basketball-related things here in the middle of the blazing hot summer. If you recall, last season we talked about a thing that took the nation by storm because there wasn't much going on. Let's be honest, everybody was cooped up in their houses. The basketball tournament, the most original name in all of sports, TB, uh, TBT, the basketball tournament, is taking place again where they invite anyone to form a team to get their own sponsorships together, fan support together, and to try to compete and get into the tournament and be eligible to get in the tournament and then compete against each other in a 64-team bracket. It's like March Madness during the summer, except not college-related. So we're going to talk about the Auburn team that's going to be part of this 64-team field and talk about how... Uh, they might do who's all on it. And to do that, I brought in my friend and my co-host, Mr. Gray Oldenburg. Gray, welcome back. I am back this time to discuss, you know, some Auburn related, but not about, you know, this year's upcoming national championship team. Listen, if anybody who's been here for a while in this network knows that if we can somehow stretch it to be Auburn related, we will. We we have done a chicken finger like analysis of the places in Auburn. <laughs> What else do you need? I mean, if, if this shouldn't be too hard, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. It's, it's not going to be too hard to talk about some former Auburn basketball players. So what do you think overall about the concept of the basketball tournament, Gray? I think it's a really cool concept, actually, just in the summer, especially last year when, there, like you said, there wasn't much going on in the world um, and in this country. But getting these guys who, you know, who are alumni of some teams or – uh, maybe they're trying to prove something to scouts or something like that, or they just want to get back into playing the game and get them together and get all these teams and getting these fan bases and let them play on TV and let it, competing for a million dollars. I mean, that's a, that's a big deal. It, it really is. And you see a, a model forming, not for every team in the basketball tournament, but a lot of them. And you saw what was formerly known as uh, it was a Tampa based name. Yeah. I forget. I was thinking it was like Tampa, tw- Tampa, tw- Tampa 2020, but then yeah. it became more Tampa when Auburn fans started latching onto the players that they started bringing in. And then finally this year they went wholesale Auburn. I mean, completely changed it to war ready. They've got an Eagle in their logo. Uh, interesting enough. I need to ask Clint Richardson what he thinks of the logo and let him critique it. I'll try to get him on a podcast and, uh, let him, and analyze it. <laughs> but you know, this is such a cool concept that yeah, we yeah. get to sit and talk about basically an Auburn basketball team, because I'll be honest with you, Gray, when they said they were going to make an investment in bringing more Auburn players in, 
I didn't think it was going to be 99% of the team. Did you? Yeah, same. Same. I thought it was going to be like a few players like we had last year, you know, some players to some former guys that we liked when they were here. And, um, but no, they, they brought in a squad (laughs) off of former Auburn teams. They really did. And there's some characters here. Uh, There's some interesting stories here. There's some very familiar faces in the past few years. And they even went back, you know, into the Tony Barbie, I I think past that into the Jeff Lebo and got a Josh Dollard. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's how wide ranging the scope is of who they brought in in Auburn's history. They brought in some of Bruce Pearl's best, but some of the ones that kind of got lost in the shuffle in the transition, but also, you know, kind of maybe not forgotten about, but at least, you know, not in presence of mind. Uh, from the past past that we've had with Auburn basketball here. So I don't want to waste any more time. And I just want to let you have the floor here first off, and we can just kind of go through the roster however you like. Just talk about some of the players that are there that you're interested in. Man, oh, my goodness. All right, let's go by position. I love it. Um, Do it. Okay. So let's start off with the the lone non-Auburn alumni on the team. Uh, Isaiah Williams, I don't really know where he played at, but apparently he's a point guard. Mm-hmm. So, we're, you know, we'll take it. But I don't think he plays over the two Auburn point guards that we have. He may play in a different position. But... I do have information on where he played, both okay. Samford and Georgia State. Okay, okay. Um, but the two point guards that we brought in, one of them, or both of them were Bruce Pearl products. One of them was a transfer. Um Kareem Canty is the first one who's he I mean he was Jared Harper before Jared Harper got you know busted onto the scene mm-hmm. and Javon McCormick a final four team member and not just a final four team member he was on the team where we were about to go make a run at the national championship then COVID hit um th- I mean those are that's two really good point guards that you're bringing in there it really um, is yeah so at shooting guard, though, I mean, you you can you can make an argument for who starts here. You got a bunch of Auburn guys that you could throw in at shooting guard, but I mean, none other than I mean the guy number two, Bryce Brown. As the, <laughs> come on, come on, he's twenty threes a game. Um, no, I'm I'm excited to see Bryce playing again. You know, he's been doing really good in the G League and getting shots with NBA teams and. Um, but it's good to see him back on the floor. And then you got, you know, two other kind of shoot, kind of shooting guards that are there that are um, both a little bit farther in the past, but still in the Bruce Pearl era and TJ Dunnans and TJ Lang, both the TJs backing up Bryce there. Um, yeah. You know, that's two, again, really solid pickups. TJ Lang really shoot the ball. TJ Dunnans was an all around type type player for Bruce. Um, and small I'd, forward, you've got. Well, I, I want to park it right there at guard for yeah, just yeah. a second. TJ Dunnans, though, as we were talking about, and I've kind of started thinking about some more, I'm wondering if he's not going to be utilized more as a more versatile player, like a small forward or something yeah. like that, especially yeah. when you've got Isaiah Williams in yeah. the mix here. Because uh, I didn't, I wasn't aware that he was a point guard being the only Auburn player here. Yeah. So you've got Javon and Kareem. That's a pretty good point guard slot right there. Who knows how good? I mean, Isaiah may be better than both of them. I doubt it. I, I mean, but, I wouldn't complain. Right. But, you know, you're not going to take Bryce out of that starting lineup either. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of good options here. I mean, the the talent is up and down in the guard positions. uh, But I I think it's obviously clear that Bryce Brown's going to start. The question is, who who do you say at point guard do you think is going to be the starter? Right now, I mean, just with my non – 
your knowledge on Isaiah Williams, I'd probably go with Kareem Canty, uh, just how good he was. But we also haven't seen Kareem. I don't know how much Kareem's been playing, you know, since he left Auburn. But so that can mean that Javon could go in there because he's a more recent player and he's been doing well. And I, I, I tend to lean on Javon a little bit, to be honest with you, because he's going to have some familiarity with Bryce Brown, who we all know is going to be starting. I mean, they played what one, maybe two years together, something like that. Correct me if I'm wrong. The um, yeah, two years. Two years. Okay. So they, they have some familiarity together. So I think that they might want to work off that connection for their starting lineup. I mean, Kareem oh, it was one. Oh, that's one. That's right. It was that's one. right. But I really think that that's going to be something they really want to utilize. I know Kareem was highly talented. Now, if you remember Kareem kind of left on a bad note from Auburn. So it'll be interesting to see like how people will receive that. I don't know if enough I time is, right. you think you think t- enough time think has passed? Okay. Yeah. Well, well, we'll see. I mean, I think there's a lot of combinations at guard you can do, but what do we got at yeah. forward? Man, oh man, do we have some characters at the small forward spot. That's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> so, started off, I, you know, Malik Dunbar is, he's the energy of this team. And and we got another energy guy at center, but we'll get to him. In <laughs> but he's the energy. Malik is the energy here. He's the spark plug. He's the guy. I mean, he was that that guy for two years at Auburn, whether he was coming off the bench or starting in a, in a elite eight game or whatever. Um, it'd be, it'd be fun to see him back out there. <laughs> about and that time, Daniel about Peter. that time. I'm doing, not doing justice to that song. No, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, the Danjo Purifoy to back him up or start over him. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, we don't really know the starting lineup until they come out, you know, at noon on Sunday. But um, Purifoy right there as well. That's another incredible addition. People don't remember how highly rated of a recruit Dangel was coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. You know, he had to deal with all the crap that the NCAA gave him or whatever. But and he was fairly, very important down the Final Four run. Actually started in the Final Four game because Chima was hurt. And he's back. Here he is. I think people forget also how crucial Dan Jill was at the end, not, not only of that season, but the season after that as yeah. well, because there was a point there where Auburn was kind of teetering and they kind of caught some steam. Dan Jill was given a lot. He was using a lot of that leadership that you think would come naturally after being there for so long with the team. It kind of started to resonate with him and he started to kind of exude that. And I think it was something the team really needed. So, yeah. you know, obviously these guys aren't playing together on a regular basis like a normal college or professional team would be. But, you know, Dan Jill is a guy that I think people should be very excited to see a part of this team. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And the power forward, you know, only like I guess Josh could play there as well. But Deshaun Murray, I cannot wait to see him play again. I missed him. He when he decided to transfer, I think he transferred like Western Kentucky or something like that after that um after our first SEC championship year, the year before the Final Four. I was so upset because yeah. I loved watching that dude play. I mean, he's what six three, six four, and he's getting more rebounds than the seven footers because he just wants it more. And he's yeah. bigger than everybody else. This is a case of a guy that plays bigger than he actually is. And it goes to show you that while you are obviously at an advantage rebounding wise, if you have some height, but if you want something more, there's 
not many people that can stand in your way if you really truly want it more than the other people. And Deshaun is a testament to that. And let's be honest, last year in the whole the basketball tournament, he was the only thing good about War Tampa because <laughs> Bryce was yeah. part of that team. He wasn't yeah. making his shots. You know, uh, Leron actually, who we'll talk about in a second, didn't even get to play because he had like a, a, a problem come up or something. He wasn't able to participate with the team. But everybody else really was non-existent. But Deshaun Murray was really the leader of the team going down there, scoring baskets, blocking people out. And I remember even the commentator saying, "Is like, why did Auburn let this guy go? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. At center, again, example of two characters. Um, the first one, man, boy, is it going to be fun to see one of, one of Kyle's favorite players, favorite mm. players of all time, not just in, not just basketball, not just Auburn, but athletes of all time. <laughs> athletes athletes is pushing it, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> He's a better athlete than I'll ever be. I'll give him that. <laughs> and, many, and most people, but he is, I always call him, Sinindrum because Simeon and then a conundrum because I, I just couldn't figure the dude out. He He's a center by trade, by height, by size. But then Bruce Pearl has the audacity to throw him in at point guard. And my gosh, somehow it's worked. I don't get it. It's a Sinindrum. That's, I don't know what to do. I'm excited with to see him back on the floor. I, that's a guy that I, I loved when he was at Auburn, not just because of his, you know, energy and, but he, he was a huge piece for those early Bruce Pearl teams. Yes. Um, it would be cool to see him back out there. No, I'm see actually, honestly, I'm really happy to have him back. I, you know, I only kind of express those frustrations in jest uh, because I think he is going to be integral to this team if they are yeah. going to be successful. Uh, he's obviously very versatile, as we found out from Coach Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm happy to have Simeon back. Yeah. And then, of course, the guy that we alluded to earlier, LaRon Smith, who I think is kind of taking a – a leadership role on this team. You know, he couldn't play last year because I think he had something come up or some something with COVID or something like that. But um, again, another guy that, you know, wasn't amazing at Auburn, but was a crucial piece in those early Bruce Pearl teams. And it'd be cool to see him back out there. It really will. And I don't want us to skip over to Josh Dollar. I think we yeah. kind of just mentioned him offhand. Honestly, though, great. How much familiarity do you have with Josh? I, I, not much. I remember seeing like, I remember watching, but you know, it was hard to watch those Tony Barbie teams. Yeah? <laughs> Josh was a guy that left, you know, so like some of these other guys did after, you know, a couple of years and went somewhere else. I'm looking at the roster right now and it says he went to, or either he came to us, came from USC Aiken or he went to USC Aiken uh, after us. I don't, I'm pretty sure the order is Auburn, then that USC affiliate school. Um, but I remember him being a pretty highly regarded talent and, and that, but I think a lot of us, like you said, blocked out those years. Cause it was, it felt like always we had these great players, just not the great coaching and, yep. you know, the confidence behind the program. Lebo was the only one, uh, past, you know, uh, Cl- Cliff Ellis that really, <laughs> really wanted to, and, and, and kind of got a little bit of momentum. Barbie never did. And so I think a lot of these players suffer from the fact yeah. that the coach was kind of, for lack of a better term, inept as yeah. a coach. Bad. I don't Bad. think that's too uh, too harsh for me to say, do you? No, I think you put it pretty nicely. <laughs> pretty accurately on the head. We're going to take a quick break from this episode for a special announcement. One of the things that we take great pride here at the E2C Network are our listeners are really our E2C Network family. 
Now, I know they enjoy listening to us, but let's be honest. Every once in a while, they probably would like a little bit of change of pace. Well, that's where you come in if you're a business owner. If you have any interest in partnering with us in terms of ads or sponsorships on our podcast episodes, you can reach us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com. Let us help you reach the widest variety of Auburn fans out there. I mean, come on. Who else listens to a network where they cover everything from Auburn football to The Bachelor and the connections it has with Auburn? Utilize our podcasts, Facebook live shows, and other flexible partnership opportunities that are available upon request. Let us help you reach the E2C Network family and the Auburn family at large on how you might best be able to serve them. Reach out to us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com for more information. That's all we have for you in this special message. Let's get back into the episode. We've gotten through the roster here. Again, all Auburn players and one random player from Sanford, Georgia State in Isaiah Williams. We'll see how he fits into the whole mold there. But chances of us getting an all Auburn starting lineup are pretty high, I would say. So I'd love to know from you, if you had to pick your starting five from who we just talked through, who would it be? All right. I'm going to go with Kareem Canty at the one. Oh, my gosh. You're just trying to make me upset now. (laughs) I'm going to go with Bryce at the two. Malik at the three, Deshaun at the four, and Laron at the five. I think he's more of a leader than Simeon, of, of this team than Simeon. Say, so, you know, actually, I just misheard you. I thought you said Simeon at the one. I thought you were trying to mess with me. I was like, okay, now he's just really trying to get my goat. No, can't see that again. Uh, Kareem, I think, has got a chance to be the point guard, starting point guard. There's just something about the Javon Bryce connection that I can't let go of. Yeah. So I'm going to say Javon and Bryce. Okay. Um, I'm going to say Dangel at, okay. at uh, well, actually, you know what? I'm kind of rethinking this now on the fly. I'm going to say TJ Dunnans because he's okay. so versatile at small forward, Deshaun at power forward, and I'm going to say Simeon at uh, okay. at the five. Uh, so a little bit of variation on the two of us, but, okay. you know, either way, we get a starting five. I like, five I like both of them. There's a lot of options here, and it really def- probably depends on what uh, the matchup looks like for That's Auburn. That's true. And uh, who are we going to be playing in the first round? Well, we're going to be playing the ETSU alumni team. Uh, they are called they are called the Bucket Nears. Mm. Wow. Yeah. What do you think about That's, that name? That, mm, no. <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's not the worst thing I've ever heard. It's it's. Well, there's definitely the- worse on this bracket, <laughs> but that's bad. I'm I'm fighting hard to look. Uh, heard that is a good one for the Marshall Thundering Herd. Yeah, I like <laughs> uh, that. Best Virginia, which I guess is West Virginia uh, alumni. Sure, sure. <laughs> Let's just say it this way. I hope the basketball being played is better than the names from the marketing. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, for ESPN's sake, yeah, definitely. <laughs> It is. Uh, so noon uh, Eastern time, we're ready versus the Buccaneers. Uh, it's East Tennessee, though. They're a pretty good school. Yeah. A lot of people forget that they're pretty consistent in making the tournament a, a yeah. few times every decade. And yeah. they're not a pushover. In fact, didn't we play them recently in, in a season past? Oh, we might have. I feel like we did. And I feel like it was a little bit of a, not a scare game, but it was one of those games where you kind of went on the road and you were just thankful to get out of there with a win. Mm, yeah. Bruce Pearl is very good at uh, finding those. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he goes out and finds those small teams that you really that are really just, good. Yeah. Exactly. And and it's a good thing for the program, obviously, because when they go to play the smaller teams, it's not a step back. The competition's actually pretty fair. 
Um, but you also put yourself at risk of getting a mark. Yeah. yeah. Getting a mark against yourself uh, going forward. So I know you and I don't know anything about the bucket nears and the ETSU. <laughs> it's it's going to be the sound effect every time that we say it. Um, but if you just kind of had to feel this situation out there, uh, you know, the 12 seed, we're the five seed. How do you feel about this overall matchup? Well, you know, just like in every March Madness tournament, there's always going to be a 5-12. But I, I just, I don't see it here. Um, I, I, just like you said, ETSU is a great school and they're very, they're a very good basketball school. They can, they make the tournament. They're going to be in the tournament every, so every year or so or whatever. But I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it's, I don't know how you like decipher, like, I don't know. Well, I think it'd be easier to uh, look over the ETSU team for this coming year and say that mm-hmm. because you don't know who's on this team. You don't know where, when they played, you don't know what they did at ETSU. You don't know. So we don't know if they have any players from other schools. So right. um, we don't know. Well, here's how I'm working this out in my head. So obviously if they're going to associate it with one school, that means they're primarily East Tennessee grads on that team. The, the at least probably their major players are going to be that, which means they're going to have a pretty good pred- pedigree and, and have at least a decent amount of talent. So I think from that sure fact alone, you kind of have to at least respect them because you know, your original notion is to look at the seating and say, okay, Auburn's a five. This is a 12. If this were March madness, I'd say this Auburn needs to be on worry because you know, a five usually loses mm-hmm. to a 12, at least once in the tournament, um, typically most years, but you know, there's a lot of Auburn talent on here. And this isn't just, we went and found a bunch of players, you know, the, we found good players yeah. uh, across the board here. They all bring something really great to the team. Um, I hope that Bryce has a much better showing uh, than he did last year in the first yeah. game with war Tampa. And if, if Bryce gets going, it's going to open up a lot of things for these other players to really start contributing. Oh, yes. Um, so I, I really, I think this one favors Auburn, but uh, I think the more interesting thing would be to take a look at the bracket and we will obviously won't break down the whole thing. Cause again, we're, we'd just be speculating at this point. Um, but if you kind of look at our bracket gray, um, are you assuming at this point we win and go forward? Yeah, I think we do. I think I, I, I don't want to go too far and say like the, the bottom is the sweet 16 in this, but because we, I mean, I don't know anything about the other three teams in our region there, but um, I just don't see like Armored Athlete and HBC United. We played the winner of that if we won. Um, and then you're thinking about playing with a one seed, like a sideline cancer, uh, who was really good last year. And then if you, if you magically beat that, you'd be thinking about playing somebody like Best Virginia which, you know, I'm not sure about that name, but they're, <laughs> we're playing in West Virginia. So, you know, that would be interesting. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. I, I, right now, I'd probably say Sweet 16 for this team. I, I really think that they have a shot. You know, if you take March Madness, uh, a five and a four seed typically have a nice situation to get into uh, the Sweet 16 because of how it's laid out for them. Um, usually when they run into each other in the second round, that kind of expects there's a pretty even matchup here. So 
I would have bet a team like Armand Athlete, which since it doesn't seem to be attached to a school, is just going to be a variety of talent. Who knows how well that talent is going to mesh together? The one advantage that Auburn, or excuse me, it's not Auburn technically, Warready has is that all of these players at least have some familiarity with each other. That's true. A lot of them have played together recently. So if the right combination comes out there and punches, let's just assume they get the first win and punches armored athlete in the mouth again, I, I think this could be a, a team that maybe does make it to the sweet 16. Yeah. Would you say only one win, meaning it only gets to the second round as a disappointment, or where do you what do you? No, feel about I don't that? think it's a disappointment. I think anything better than last year is is, is <laughs> <laughs> it's good because uh, last year I think I just remember we got run out on the first game. Yeah, it was it was quite uh, embarrassing. Yeah, but I think it'll be fun. It'll be fun to watch these guys get back out there. Um, it'll be fun to root for them again because you know pre- pretty used to rooting for these guys and. uh It'll be good. I will say just obviously we don't know a lot about a lot of the other teams. I do know this, and I'm 99% sure this last year's winner was the Marquette alumni team, the Golden Eagles, and they are a one seed uh, opposite of us on the other side, meaning that we wouldn't see them until the finals if we made them there. They're in the Illinois Regional. Carmen's crew is another one that's kind of been a historical good team for their their number one seed uh, in the Columbus side, which means we would see them. Uh, in a final four situation, if that were to well, actually, I may be looking at the bracket a little bit wrong here. It's a little bit confusing the way oh, you're right. I am right. Okay, good. I thought I was, but it was a little bit confusing to what I was looking here. Uh, Bayheim's army is usually pretty good. House of Pain is who took us out in the first round last year. They're a two seed. I'm just kind of bounced around to some of the teams I recognize. Uh, so the the good thing is, I think Auburn personally avoiding. Uh, Bayheim's Army, avoiding House of Pain since that was bad for us last year, avoiding, uh, you know, teams like Carmen's Crew is, is probably all they could ask for. So I think that they probably found themselves in a situation where they can't run the table, maybe, but they could probably make some noise this year and yeah. maybe solidify this is something that's going to happen every single summer. And Auburn yeah. basketball summer, I mean, how awesome would that be? I would love that. I love that because especially at this time of year, you know, it's hard to, you know, get ready for basketball, you know, because you're so close to football and basketball is just kind of, but no, we need to be excited about basketball this year. And this is a great way to get, get us going again. It is. And uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch again. If you want to uh, watch this game, uh, you can find War Ready versus the Bucketneers Sunday, <laughs> July 18th. At noon Eastern time, it'll be available on ESPN3. I will be sitting down to watch this, and obviously we'll probably get together and break down this game and how everybody did. Just like it was, a, it's like we get together for normal basketball season. It'll be kind of a, a warm up to everything happening. Um, so excited for that, and we'll be breaking down the game once that happens next week. Now, before we leave, I can't think of anything big off the top of my head newsworthy for the program that we need to address, but we do have. The NBA draft coming up fairly quickly here. I'd like to know a prediction from you on where Sharif Cooper and JT Thor fall in the draft. I want you to go on record. Um, Sharif Cooper, give me minimum top 22. 22, that's very specific. (laughs) And give me Thor top 18. All right, so you've you've put Thor ahead of him now. Is that You're pretty confident of that? Yes, yes. 
I this dude dude was incredible at the combine got pulled out of a scrimmage because obviously an NBA team said we've seen enough and I think that bodes really well for him I just I again I've said this a lot when we've talked about this situation I wish I'd looked up how many point guards were in the draft this year and who really needs a point guard uh, to see where Sharif is going to fall I'm getting the impression maybe there's not as high of a demand for that right now um, which is why I think a part of the reason that a guy like JT Thor, who's very versatile, um, he's obviously on the taller end of things, but his skill set is so versatile. He's such a unique talent that you p- teams are willing to take a, a chance on a guy like him. So I would love to see Sharif Cooper go first, just because I, I, I love the dude and I want to see his story, you know, kind of still take center stage. But you can't deny the momentum that is building for JT Thor. I mean, mm-hmm. Bruce Pearl has been on social media just pounding the yeah. the timeline saying i told you all i told you yeah. all this kid was good that's right and everybody that was worried about what was going on with the program when he decided to leave i think you now understand why <laughs> this is a guy that can't take a chance on uh another year yeah. and when he's got all of the opportunities available to him that he probably have next year right now so we'll see what happens so you're saying 18 to 22 range yeah. Uh, Thor and Sharif. Yeah. I, I'm going to go out in a wild hair here. I'm going to say one of them is in the top 15. And maybe I'd look, all these lottery teams have been meeting with Thor and meeting with Cooper. And it's like, well, you know, could see it, the jump into the top 14. It's like, oh, it may be 15. <laughs> it may be exactly 15, but I just, there's something about this situation, especially as Thor has gotten his momentum that's making me think the 15 is. Goodness very possible which would be let, let's just let's let's throw this out okay ignore where they fall the fact that bruce pearl is about to put potentially two players it's in insane. the first round of the draft it's insane it, what i mean what more it's does the insane. guy need to do to get a statue at auburn i know Name the court after him or something just put it put him right underneath charles barkley charles can rest his foot on him because you know he's <laughs> But um, anyway, I'm sure that's coming in uh, due time. So we would love to uh, hear from you guys uh, on social media, what you're thinking about uh, this team, your anticipation of it. And we'll probably be posting about it on social media as it's happening. So follow along. Before we get out of here, though, Gray, where can they find you on social media? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at GrayO21 or on Twitter at Gray Oldenburg. And you can find me on Twitter as well at TigerEye24. Till we talk to you all again, War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?